Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you're listening to this today after the Strickland Podcast Network, I am Sam. I am joined by Jeff. Knicks lose their third straight game, one hundred six to ninety five. Um, yeah, this was another rough one, you know. Um, shout out to Emmanuel quickly leading the way with twenty six ten and four. Um. Great bounce back game from here after his awful shooting performance last game, I will say. Um, but yeah, he 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 bounced back in the best possible way. Um and yeah, I mean I mean, besides him and like the Grimes early minutes in the game, like Grimes' first half, as well as Obi's first half and Josh Hart's overall activity, there's not much really positive to like really gather from this game, honestly. Like it's been a pretty rough couple three games for the Knicks since the nine game win streak. Um and like I think we've passed the point where we can blame fatigue. I don't know, maybe some people will still want to blame fatigue to an extent, maybe. Um I mean quickly played the most minutes and he looked great tonight. So um yeah, there goes the fatigue um excuse. Um but yeah, since since the since that Boston game, Randall and and Barrett haven't been their best selves, and I'm putting that very very nicely at the at the least. Um, yeah. yeah, RJ was absolutely awful on that first shift. Like, there's a huge difference, and uh, this isn't excusing Randall because Randall wasn't very good either. But Randall was just missing shots. Like Randall, the rest of Randall's game fell off. You know, in future quarters. But, like, I saw, and I, I was one of them, I, I, I saw a lot of, like, oh, Randall and RJ have been really bad. I tweeted something that was, like, Randall and RJ don't belong, to be on, uh, don't belong on the court right now. But, like, Randall was just missing shots, and, like, yeah, he wasn't great in other areas. But he wasn't, like, actively hurting the Knicks in other areas, in my opinion. RJ was absolutely abysmal in, like, every other aspect. And in, in that first shift, that was, it was just terrible. And, like, he can't, he just can't keep having even like shifts like that, he just can't do it. It's just, it's just so bad. Like, I just, I don't know what else to say. Like it's year four. He just can't keep having these shifts. It's, it's very disappointing. Um, And then Randall just took the torch and ran with it the rest of the way, because I mean, he just, it's like he got frustrated because he was missing shots and then he wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't getting foul calls. And I think, I mean, me and you can agree. Like that was a, that was a, I like games like that where the refing is consistent, you know, and there, and there was clearly a tight whistle on both sides. Like it wasn't just the Knicks who were getting missed calls, but Julius was the biggest was hurt the most by that because he draws the most contact. And I mean, there were a couple of plays where he just got absolutely mauled like, and, and okay. Like if they're calling it both ways, that's fine but Julius has to know that he's going to be getting hurt the most in those situations, you know? Yeah. Um, and he had, he had one of those moments at the end of the third quarter where, you know, we're, we're about to go into the fourth quarter with a lead and then momentum kind of just shifts after he like um, shoves Plumley, um, gives them some free throws. They get the lead. Um, and yeah, I mean, after that, the Clippers, they kind of took control in that fourth quarter. Um, once they got that lead 
Um, and it was very hard for the Knicks to really fight back in that in that situation because um, the momentum had just totally shifted. But yeah, I mean, for me, I I I mean, go, going back because I missed the last two post games. Uh, I mean, this has been a rough three game stretch without Brunson. I mean, he came back in the Kings game and then immediately left. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been rough. Um, I just want I I do, I do want to say I, I think I'm gonna have a little bit more of an optimistic outlook than you do because, or at least when you said like oh there isn't a lot of good like you're not gonna win basketball games when your best player is five of twenty four, you're just not. Um, and the Clippers for whatever struggles they're having, they're a really good coach team or well coached team, excuse me. And like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, like we all watch them. They're playing as good as they can play. So you got two guys who are better than any players on the Knicks. Let's be honest. Like Paul George or Kawhi would be the best player on the Knicks. Um, you have Ty Lue who does, he's just so good, man. Like he, he did this one little thing at the end of the second quarter. Um, just go back and watch the second quarter. Like the Knicks didn't respect Russ at all. And quickly, who is one of the best off-ball defenders you'll see, was literally just playing free safety. Like anytime he could find a, anytime he could double, he was doubling, and they just trusted him to recover on Russ. And they they shut down the Clippers like three or four possessions in a row with that defensive scheme, just off that defensive scheme. And Ty Lue just says, "All right, like Russ doesn't have to be out there. I'll just put in Eric Gordon." Now all of a sudden, quickly can't play free safety like that. Like Ty Lue's a tremendous coach. So you're on the road across the country against a team with two wonderful players and a great coach and your best player, your two best players, one isn't playing, the other goes five of 24. So like, what are are we really supposed to take away that like, oh, this team isn't good? Like, no, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, that's just not going to be my takeaway. I actually, I, I feel pretty good about this team. I, I For one, I feel really good about the way we're building a defense that's going to be hugely important to this team. They were never, ever, ever going to win a playoff series because they have a top five offense. That's not how this team is going to win. They have to be good on defense. If they can build a plus defense, a top 10 defense for when Brunson gets back. And all of a sudden you have your offensive engine back with guys who know their defensive roles. That is the path forward for this team. So I think there's reasons to be optimistic about this game, even though it's another dif- disappointing loss. This game makes a really, I mean, these last couple of games make a really great case for a Brunson MVP campaign. I'll say that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, this is tough. We talked about this last time. I just, I just, I struggle with that because the underlying sentiment is that like, without like, does he put special spin on the ball that makes Randall more efficient? Randall's getting all the same shots. Like, isn't he like, it, it's not like, so to me, I'm probably a little bit defensive because I love Emmanuel quickly so much, but like the underlying sentiment behind like, Oh, Brunson's this great organizer. And Oh, we finally need a point guard is that quickly isn't doing that job. And I think the offense runs fine when quickly is running the show. Um, I think with Brunson, it's more so like just his offensive capabilities. Yeah. Um, his like ability to score the ball. And like you see down the stretch in games, like Kawhi, like the Clippers, they have Kawhi and Paul George, you know, who are able to, you know, just get buckets for them when they need to. And those are the moments where we needed someone like Brunson out there to just get us a bucket when 
Julius doesn't have it, when RJ doesn't have it. Quickly may have it, but like he can't do it all by himself. And like that's when you need right. Brunson and I, I I just want it. I want it to be that because that's the right energy. Like we miss Jalen Brunson because he's an All Star, All NBA caliber player who's really good on offense. But sometimes it delves a little bit too far into like standing on other Knicks shoulders to elevate Jalen Brunson. Like this team would be so helpless without Jalen Brunson. I think we have a good basketball team. I just I do. So yeah, when you're missing arguably your best player. Of course, you're going to be worse. And of course, but to me, there's always something like extracurricular to it. Like, like these guys don't know how to walk without Jalen Brunson, you know? And it's like, this is a 37 win team that by Pythag win loss should have won 42 games last year. Like this is a talented team. Um, and so, yeah, I'm probably being a little bit too nitpicky, but I, I, I obviously don't disagree that we miss Jalen Brunson. He's an incredibly good player and incredibly important to this team. Yeah. Um, and to your point about the defense, I mean, the defense kind of kept the, the team afloat during the earlier um, offensive struggles, which kind of kept the game really close in the first half um, and most and, and through the most of the third quarter, too. Um, during that fourth quarter, I just don't know what happened where things really I mean, it seems like it seems like that momentum change at the end of the third quarter really kind of just like took the sales out of this team um in that fourth quarter and well you, t- you, you talk was... about spots where we miss Jalen Brunson Sam that's where you miss Jalen Brunson Randall's freaking out like all this momentum is being lit on fire and like Jalen Brunson is literally the most stabilizing force in the NBA what you were just saying is so spot on like Jalen Brunson would have just gone and gotten two points you know like he would have shut down all the negative moment negative momentum that's like perfect opera or not opportunity a perfect representation of where Jalen Brunson's intangible impact is missed because he just hits and you see with Josh Hart too like I know Josh Hart isn't like a uh, a classic scorer but like doesn't it feel like of the few field goals Josh Hart does hit they're always like well-timed you know like mm-hmm. and they're, they're always like like oh god the other team's making a run Josh Hart just seems to have this knack for like man we got to get out in transition or oh man we need a bucket you know like they're just guys who have great feel and Brunson and Josh Hart are two of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Josh to, and to the Josh Hart point, I mean, he's, he's helped open up things for Obi a ton and you saw it today a bunch. Um, he's always looking for Obi out on those, those leak outs um, when he's cutting today, there was a lot of cutting with the Knicks, which is like something that we don't see a lot of ever really. But yeah, there was a bunch of cutting today. Josh Hart was looking for cutters off offensive rebounds and stuff like that. That was just like a nice thing to see, which we don't see often from the Knicks. Um, and it just shows, you know, another dimension that Josh Hart adds to the team. Um, and you know, shout out to Obi. He he got more than seven minutes today, so um, and he made the most of it. And he 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 probably should have played more, let's be honest. Like Randall doesn't need to play entire first and third quarters when he's playing, especially like when he's shitting himself. Yeah. Like it just, it doesn't need to happen. Like <laughs> I just, that, that was a classic case. And I said it on Twitter, like I actually thought Tibbs did a lot of things well. So I hate that I have to preface it like this, but like, this isn't like a, Oh, Tibbs needs to go thing, but like, it's okay to criticize him. Um, that was like a perfect example of, he just doesn't react to what's happening in front of him. 
Like RJ, like I said, was awful in the first half. He was fine in the third quarter. Maybe he was even good. I don't know. Like I'll have to go back and rewatch his defense. His offense was definitely good. It would have been fine to switch RJ and Randall's rotations. That would have been fine. And just close the quarter with quickly and RJ, OB, uh, Hart and the, and the bench. You know, like that would have been, and Hart and Shy, I don't know why I said the bench. Um, that would have been fine. Like it's okay to adjust to new information. And Randall, for whatever reason, was not helping the team. And it's okay. Like this isn't like a, it's okay for Julius Randall to have those quarters, but you have to be willing to do what's best for the team all the time. It can't just be, I'm doing what's best for the team. I'm doing what I think gives us the best chance to win when it benefits, you know, certain guys. It has to be, you're coaching everyone, you know? Um, And Ace Bouchard just had a really fun comment. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) Jesus. Um, God, I lost my train of thought. Fuck, man. Um, Grossius Fardel. Yeah, that's I've, I've, that's a new one. Um, look, Obi was. It's really nice to see Obi get going inside the arc. It just is like he's a he can do that. Like, and I don't know. I I I tend to think the answer lies somewhere in the middle. Um, in terms of, I see a lot of people who, and a lot of them are like Randall fans, Nick fans. And they're always saying that (laughs) they're always saying that like, well, if Obi wanted to, he would be more active, like going to the rim. And like, I don't know though. Like Tibbs is so hands-on. I kind of think Obi's doing what Tibbs asks of him. And that's why, you know, like tonight on the broadcast, Wally was like, did you know that Obi scores 58% of his points from beyond the arc? And it's like, fucking yes. Are you watching the team? (laughs) Of course he does. Like, so I don't know. What do you think? Do you think do you think that like tonight, like Obi could do that any night, or do you think that you know he's operating mostly as a spacer because Tibbs wants him to? Um, I think it's because Tibbs wants him to. Like, um, he has like set roles set for each position on the court, um, and like most of Obi's activity in the paint either came off of cuts off offensive rebounds, um leak outs and yeah that was it like that's how he got his points in the paint today he was over four from three from four from three um so yeah he, he he if he's not getting like these like hustle plays basically in a way um getting to the paint then he's always going to be behind the three-point line because that's what dibs wants him to 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 do i think um and like this is what dibs has wanted him to do since he got in the league like if you like if I think if I think we all can remember, like he, I mean, I think he used to have more plays where he used to like get diving to the rim, but like he'd still be like spacing out to the three point line a whole bunch, and people were so upset about that. And I mean, we see now why he was prepping him basically for that in year one, so that way he can continue to do that more proficiently in year three. Um, so yeah, yeah, I I tend to agree with you there. Um, and it's just a bummer because you see what he can do. And your point, by the way, I'm not going to expand too much because you made it. It was a great point by you. But um, Josh Hart really has been big for for Obi. Uh, you see him look for him. It's one of the strangest things to me is him and Quickly seemingly – they just 
like quickly's missing him a lot now. I, I like he uh, he missed him on a back cut again tonight. Um, they don't really run the Obi to quickly dribble handoffs anymore. Like it's just really weird if you go back and watch the end of last season and a lot of their first two seasons total, like quickly would go out of his way to look for Obi. And like, it makes you wonder if quickly like is trying to separate himself. Like he, he doesn't want to be just, you know, the bench energizer, like with Obi, like, cause that's kind of mm-hmm. all Obi is restricted to. I don't know. It, it also could just be confirmation bias and there's nothing going on, you know, like obviously you can tell they're still buddies and shit, but it's just weird. They don't really have the encore chemistry that they used to. Um, it's, it's very odd to me. Yeah, I think it, it got highlighted even more. I forgot what game it was, but there was a game where like Obi was like, he like yelled at quick to look for him on the lob. Um, I forgot what game that was. It was a while back, but yeah. I mean, they def- the synergy hasn't been there offensively for them. Um, and you could also wonder if maybe that's that's also part of a Thibs thing as well, you know, just trying to like separate that from the team because like, Maybe he thinks it's too predictable because, you know, Thibs can be super paranoid about stuff like that. Like maybe it's he thinks it's too predictable and teams, you know, um, have scouted it. And, you know, he doesn't think it'll be as effective as it was as it as it once was before. Um, So that can also be something that could be the reason as well. Uh, Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, it's just just something to watch for, I guess. I don't know. It's. uh... That's really weird. All right. I think we are going to get into the ad read today. Um, Because, you know, let's get into some comments. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum agent eligibility supply. See show notes or show description for details. All right, let's get to some comments. Uh, Mark guy 420 says, so we're back again, back to depression after the highest of highs. This only happens to New York sports. It's so weird how streaky this team is. Um, you know, like if you just look at the season, like game log and you just look at like, at, like the streaks that this team has gone on, both winning and losing. It's just, just very weird. I'm just hoping that this team can like avoid the six, seven spot. Cause you know, I mean, we, I, I mean, with the nets, the nets are like right there now with us, like, because teams just keep folding to the nets, especially Minnesota. Shout out to Minnesota last night folded in overtime to them. Um, But yeah, that's just something to look for. Um, Hopefully this team can, you know, Lakers aren't going to be an easy game tomorrow either. They're not going to be an easy game. They've been a really good team since the trade deadline. And even without LeBron, they're still 
I think they're going to be still a tough t- game for us um, as this team continues to look fatigued and, you know, coming off a of back-to-back. The, um, it's going to be just very interesting to see how this team approaches the Lakers game. And it's going to be very, could be a very tough game. And it's on national TV. So there's that. Yeah, it's um, it's a really like you said, it's a it's a really weird matchup for us. Um, because first of all, we just I I could be I could be way off about this, but it just never feels like we play um Anthony Davis very well. Um, and like you'd think that Mitch would be a good matchup for him, you know. Um. And then they offer a lot of size at the guard position aside from Dennis Schroeder, um, which is just, it's just not good for us because we're just generally um, an undersized team, you know? Um, So, yeah, I mean, you combine that with the, uh, like the momentum that the uh, the Lakers have and you're just, it's going to be another dogfight. And the Knicks, the Knicks guys played a ton of minutes tonight. Like that's another thing like that's we have to talk about is quickly played the entire second half. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, it's really I like quickly. I like watching him play. Um, shout out to him. He got me, um, you know, some money tonight with a double double. But like, this is this is not sustainable. Playing a guy the whole second half, especially after what was it? Three games ago, he played 55 minutes. Like, you got to find a way to get some this guy some rest, one way or another. He, play, he played 55 minutes, and then we literally saw the effects it had on him the next two games. Like, he's the, he's the type of player that when something isn't right, you can just tell. Because we've been saying it, you know, for years now, when he the shot falling doesn't matter for him because he always brings an energy. He always brings, he didn't look like Emmanuel quickly against the Hornet, especially not against the Hornets. It was closer against the Kings. He just couldn't get anything to fall, but I actually thought he played a good like defensive game. And I, I thought it was clearly, he was, you know, a little bit closer than the Hornets game. And then Tibbs just turns around and plays in the entire second half. And like, was Deuce even that bad in the first half? Like I know Deuce is limited and I know that, you know, he's a frustrating offensive player, but he's not killing you out there. Like you can give him a couple minutes to help to, to give quickly a little bit of rest, you know, um, that was just wild to me. Or if you don't want to go to deuce, you have to adjust the rotation. Like the, the, the fourth quarter could have started with Grimes, RJ Hart, OB Hardenstein. I mean, you can just, he already has Josh Hart bring the ball up, you know, like he clearly trusts Josh Hart in that capacity. He trusts RJ to initiate. I just, these guys are NBA players. I under, I know that people are always like, Oh, well, you need a point guard out there. I refuse to believe that Deuce McBride is doing stuff on offense that like Quentin Grimes couldn't do, you know, like it's not like Deuce is out there getting into the paint all the time or creating like creating offense. So even if you don't trust Deuce, it's okay to just, you know, there are plenty of teams that don't have a true point guard on the times uh, on the court. Sometimes it's okay. Um, so yeah, I just, I hope we don't see the lingering effects of that tomorrow night. Thank God. It's, it's a Clippers little bit did it today. 
with Eric Gordon. Right, exactly. Um, uh, It's a later game, and the Knicks don't have to travel. So it's not like a true, you know, back-to-back. Like, it's more of like a – they get a, you know, go back to their hotel, and they got to get some rest. So, you know, hopefully the lingering effects aren't there. And somebody – I forget who it was. I don't want to give them credit, but they made a good point in my mentions. Um, The Knicks have a lot of rest coming up, which is nice. They play in Portland on Tuesday. And then they don't play again until Saturday. Um, So they play that game in Portland Tuesday, fly home. And it's like, hopefully, worst case, let's just say absolute worst case, Brunson is back by that Saturday game after all that rest. And we we just had, we finally get the full team back. Um, Me and Schwinn talked about it last night. They got to get one of these next two games still. It doesn't matter if Brunson plays or not. They cannot go 0-2 these next two games. If only, if only to save us from Cam Fan. Like if, if, if only. Gotta win, to save- Got win that Portland game for sure. <laughs> I cannot. Like my head will explode if we lose to freaking Cam Reddish. I don't care. If, I don't care if he has like seven points. You know those people are gonna be like, man, those seven points they were crazy, man. Did you see that one scoop layup? Like, <sighs> I can't stand. It's those just people. it's so ridiculous to me. I don't get it. Like we were. It's so funny because I mean. The start of the season, you and Tyrese, like, I mean, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus here, but let's just say you guys weren't the biggest Cam fans. And I was like, you know, I kind of see it. I kind of see the tools. And I feel like maybe I'm being a little bit exaggeratory here, but I feel like when Cam was starting, he kind of won all of us over. Like, we all were like, okay, we kind of see it. I'm not saying we were Cam fan, but I will say that we were all like, yeah, we see the tools and he's doing a good job in the lineup. Why can't it be both? Why can't like he be? Why does it have to be so polarized? Why does the conversation have to be so polarizing? He has like, to be a star. It's just so. Frustrating. If he's not a star in your eyes, you're a loser to those people, which is yeah. insanity. All the numbers back up how much better the Knicks have been since he was taken out of the rotation. And okay, maybe maybe you don't believe in causation. Maybe you think that's coincidence. And okay. Yes, it was ridiculous on that Texas road trip when RJ was hurt and Brunson was hurt and Tibbs was running seven-man rotations and playing Emmanuel quickly at small forward. We don't have all the information. Maybe maybe Tibbs in the front office and Cam's camp were like, okay, like if you're if he doesn't have a role, don't even risk his injury. Like, don't put him out there. Um it's just, I don't know. We've spent more time talking. I shouldn't have even brought it up, but it's just so weird to me. Like, I don't understand why you either have to hate him or love him, why it can't just be like, oh, that's cool. He's playing well in Portland. Good for him. While also being super grateful that we have Josh Hart. Josh Hart has been incredible. How can you be a Nick fan and not be happy that we have Josh Hart? He's a limited player. I agree. He's like a super role player. He doesn't have, you know, the upside that I guess maybe a camera does. I don't even know. Um, But he's been wonderful. And we should all be thrilled that, He's on this team because clearly Cam wasn't going to be allowed to hit whatever upside you believe he has on the Knicks. As long as Tom Thibodeau was the coach, he wasn't going to accept these bumps and bruises and the volatility. You have to, you know, have consistent production out there. And Cam just doesn't offer that. I will not speak another word on Cam Reddish. I speak my piece (laughs) on Twitter. If you want to, you know, my at is right there. If you want to, if you want to see my thoughts, go ahead, check that out. But mm -mm. 
Mm-mm-mm. No more. No more talk about Mr. Reddish from me. Um, Hawkeye four twenty also said, also says all the bare minimum adjustments Thibs has made and what y'all always talked about came true. His unsustainable rotations and minutes are finally grinding the players down. Um, they definitely aren't playing with the same energy that they were playing with a few weeks ago. That's clear. Now, what I will say is they're also playing roles that are most of them are playing roles that are bigger than they're going to have to play when the Knicks are fully healthy. Josh Hart. How many minutes Josh Hart played tonight? Like 34, 30, 35. Um, Josh Hart played 32. 32 minutes off the bench quickly played 42 minutes. Grimes played 34 minutes. Like it's just, I know we were only missing one player, but Jalen Brunson, that's that's 35, 36 minutes a night that you're missing. Um, and you can take those 30, and Deuce only played six. So you give Jalen Brunson 36 minutes, you give him Deuce's six minutes, that's, you know, 10 minutes a piece he's getting from R.J. Grimes, or not 10 minutes, uh, seven, eight minutes a piece he's getting from R.J. Grimes, Hart, and Quickly. They're gonna, they're gonna have more energy hopefully when the rotations are more normal but the question that Hawkeye's asking that I think is a good one is does Tibbs need to be more willing to take a step back for the greater good of the season when things aren't perfect because it's impossible to be healthy all season it's just it's never going to happen and so this is why you have, you know, 11th and 12th men. It's not like he looks at Deuce McBride and he's like, okay, yeah, I see why he's out of the rotation. So when he's my ninth guy, I'm just going to play him six minutes because he's not doing what, you know, backup Emmanuel quickly is doing. It doesn't work that way. Like you have to be willing to play Deuce McBride 20 minutes and okay. Like we lost anyways. So does he think that this was worth it? We would have <laughs> lost anyways if Deuce played 20 minutes, but we would have had, the greater good of the season would have been better. So he's just never really gotten that, that through the ups and downs of the season, you have to be willing to live with certain things. Go look at the Evan, when Evan Fournier was out of the rotation, go look at his minutes on the nights that he was randomly playing because somebody was hurt. It was either, it was either his, his shot was falling and Tibbs would be like, okay, play 20, 25 minutes or his shot wasn't falling. And okay you're going to play six minutes. It can't, can't work like that. Like you just, you have to be willing to let them get some run to keep the main guys who are healthy's legs fresh. And he just doesn't do that. Yeah. It's so weird to me. So weird. Um, but man, that Boston game, it's really going to, we're, we're either going to really look back on it. I mean, it was worth it in the moment. Cause I enjoyed the Emmanuel quickly master class, but man. But what did it cost Sam? everything what did it cost I, everything exactly <laughs> that i mean that meme needs to be used if it, if it keeps going down this path because like we got the greatest emmanuel quickly game ever but at what cost you know like he was really good tonight by the way um he was ended eight of 18 but he had two shots like you know when the game was out of reach that were just ridiculous um i thought his defense i mean I, i'm not gonna even say the guy's name because he's such a clown but everybody knows the Knicks twitter clown I uh, was talking about Emmanuel Quickly's defense yesterday on Twitter. And 
dude's an idiot. Dude is one of the dumbest people I've ever just encountered in any capacity in my life. Um, and he's also the guy who talks about how Emmanuel Quickly's defense is overrated because in the playoffs they're going to attack him. You know, like they're gonna they're gonna exploit his size. I did. Russell Westbrook was trying tonight. I, I, it was like it, it was like the Clippers started the game running running an offense based on that guy's tweets. And Emmanuel Quickly was just like, aside from w- uh, one basket, Emmanuel Quickly was just dominating him down low, like by himself. It was. Uh, it was it was it was hilarious for me to watch because like if Russell Westbrook, who has a lot of flaws, but like if there's one thing he's really good at right now, it's using his size and quickness at point guard and just you know he rocks the baby. That's what he does, you know, and he takes bigger guys than Emmanuel quickly into the post. And but you know tonight he was he was not very good matching up against Emmanuel quickly, and he was even worse on the other side of the ball. Quickly, quickly was actually getting the better of him coming off those screens to the point that Wally pointed out while was like, you know, Russell Westbrook thinks he's going to have the size advantage against Emmanuel quickly, but it's not working like that at all. Like Emmanuel quickly is actually taking advantage of him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was hilarious. Um, quickly was really good. Grimes. I thought Grimes was really good. Um, especially his defense. I saw, I wonder if that's still the case. Um, I saw that he had, yeah, they, they credited him with zero steals. He had at least two in the first half on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I don't, I don't know what that box scorekeeper was doing. Um, but whatever. I thought Grimes' defense was really good. Look, we get we. This is what we should talk about a little bit. Hart and RJ can't play down the stretch together. They can't no, do it. It's too clunky. Right. They especially I when mean, none of them is like shooting the ball like lights out. Yep. You see it. They were the, the Clippers were basically just blitzing every quickly screen and trusting that neither Hart or RJ, if they caught the ball, they were just like, they were going to live with that. They're more than happy to live with that. You have to have multiple guys out there who can make them pay to the point that they won't blitz and you can start your offense because we saw it down the stretch of the Miami game. We almost lost that Miami game because we couldn't score points. And that was with Jalen Brunson. Um, and we saw it again tonight. They're going to blitz the screen roll when Hart and RJ play together because they don't care if the ball finds them. Um, I, I trust RJ in those big moments. I know his shooting hasn't been great, but Josh Hart is just so unwilling to shoot a three that isn't wide open. And look, I get Josh Hart's impact. And if you want him out there at the end of games, great. But it has to be with one of Quickly or Grimes. It can't be with RJ. He just, he doesn't do enough for you right now. Um so you got to pick one. And on nights when RJ has it going, you have to be willing to live without Hart's rebounding and like his just over general, uh, his overall general impact because they're not a good pairing together at all. I, I don't know what you think of this, Sam. I still believe they'd be a good pairing at the three, four. Like I, I, I would believe in them with two shooters with, you know, Brunson and quickly or Brunson and Grimes or quickly and Definitely. Grimes and Brunson out. We'll never see it, but <laughs> I, I, I would believe in that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, like I said, it's too clunky. Those those two, like, they both, I mean, Josh Hart has been lights out for, from three since he got here, but, like, his hesitancy is starting to show up again. Um, the hesitancy that was in Portland um, is starting to show up again. And then RJ is just, like, hasn't been that, he hasn't been a, that great of a shooter this year. So, like, to have those two out there at the two and three, 
is just like really detrimental down the stretch because like you need as much space as possible on the court in those moments. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a rough pairing. I know um, Dibs wants to, you know, have both those guys out there, but he has to, like you said, he has to pick one on on on, on most nights. Yeah, and uh, you brought you brought this up, and another great point by you. The the Clippers started the game with Paul George and Kawhi on Randall and RJ. Um, that was always going to be trouble. And I actually thought Emmanuel quickly was too passive to start the game. I don't think he took his first shot until like past the midway point of the first quarter. And then Quentin Grimes passed on it, didn't pull on a, a few catch and shoot threes. There was one, um, if you remember, uh, Randall airballed a mid range shot that Mitch grabbed the offensive rebound and put it back. Mm-hmm. The only reason Randall had to shoot that shot is because Grimes passed on an open catch and shoot corner three. They need to be more aggressive in general, but when RJ and 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 Randall are, get those defensive assignments, where like we have this simple offense that relies a lot on ISOs, and then you have two your two two of your main ISO ISOers are against two great defenders who they're not going to be able to ISO against. I'm sorry, you just have to be Grimes and quickly have to be more aggressive, um, and. I did. I look. I somebody made fun of me for it in the chat earlier already. Like I love Emmanuel quickly. I do, but I I didn't like how long it took him to get going for himself. I feel like that is actually an area where like a true point guard like Jalen Brunson, or just a true floor general like Jalen Brunson, I should say, who has more experience and more situational awareness, would be like, okay, it's gonna be tough to get RJ and Randall going. I got to get mine. Like the team needs it. And I know quickly just isn't, I mean, you brought this up earlier. I know quickly just isn't as talented as Brunson in one-on-one basketball. So like, it's tough for quickly, like uh, to, to just keep getting his own shots. But I thought he was overly, he, he was too quick to just defer to Randall and RJ. He needs to like, go get his more. Um, and that, that, I, I think that applies to Grimes too. I, I think, I know Grimes doesn't get as many initiation attempts, but when he gets the ball in his hands, he has to be aware of the situation, aware of how tough it's been on RJ and Randall. And he's just got like the best shots we were going to get. Sometimes were slightly contested Quentin Grimes threes and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, like you said, that's, that's, that's part of what makes like Jalen Brunson so valuable is his ability to decipher in those moments all right these two don't have it going time for me to get mine is Jalen Brunson takeover time that's where we get those great moments in like the second quarter sometimes where he's out there with the bench and he just completely just lights the court on fire or even like to start games like sometimes like he'll have these first quarters where he's like um like the Philly game um in Philly right after his um jersey retirement in in Nova where he went absolutely nuts in that first um quarter um, just having those type of moments is just, you know, shows that ability to like decipher what's going on on the court and like make the right decision. Um, so like if those two don't have it going off like the first couple possessions, all right, now I know it's time to get mine. Um, and you know, quickly, I think that's just something that he just has to develop, I guess. Cause like, he's not initially wired like that to do that. Um, so yeah. 
and since it's I'm skipping ahead comments, don't worry, we'll we'll get back to other comments. But this is on the topic of what we're talking about. This is a good point, and this frustrates me about Brunson. Is I I do feel like sometimes Brunson, uh, Chris says I actually. Uh, I actually think Brunson sometimes has the opposite issue of IQ where he may look for a shot too much and you actually want him to get others involved. And I think that's a good point because there are sequences where you want Brunson to sort of get others involved. Like he'll have, you know, three or four straight possessions where nobody else touches the ball and he's always looking for a shot. So I I agree. I'm I'm not saying Brunson's a perfect player, um, but he's definitely a better offensive player than quickly. And and definitely a better one-on-one player than quickly. And on a night like tonight, when they have two wing defenders like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, who are going to take away your second and third options, second and third options when Jalen Brunson's healthy, first and second options tonight, you need that's when Brunson's missed the most. Like you need a guy who will go and get his and can get you high floor buckets. So um yeah, I I just think that. Sam said earlier tonight, and I'm coming to agree with him more and more. I, he Brunson was just very, very missed tonight, and this was a nice case for just how valuable he is to this team and and their offense specifically. Um, and if I remember correctly, the first Clippers game, he had like what was it like a forty ball or like close to like a forty ball? The first Clippers game that we had. I will look it up right now. The only thing I remember from that game, they all just freaking blend together is obviously i just remember the batum ridiculous batum shot Mm -hmm. and we didn't have our best rebounders on the court which was frustrating because somebody didn't grab the offense yeah he had 41 points five three seven assists there you go that's crazy man he's he's an amazing basketball player like he's just had such a weird season because uh me and schwinn were talking about it last game like the amount of times he's actually had off shooting nights really surprised you, but they've just been really sporadic, random, bad shooting matches. Like there's no rhyme or reason to any of them. It's just like, Oh, he's off the teams that you would assume that Brunson would struggle with. Cause he's only six one, you know, and like, Oh, he probably won't be able to get to his spots for them. The nets they're especially the new look nets, you know, like with all their wing defenders, the Raptors, mm-hmm. he has huge games against both the Raptors and the nets, you know, like he's just, and the Clippers, you, you would assume that, he would struggle with the Clippers. Nope, 41 points. Like, he's just an amazing basketball player, man. Really glad he's on our team. Yeah. Um. All right, next comment. Zach says, my hoodie is fire. Yes, I have the new Strickland University tee, or not tee, hoodie. Um. I also got some other stuff. Um. I guess it's a great time to highlight the package that I got just the other day. So I got a Strickland logo tee right here. Man, that's sick. Big fan of that. Um, let's see what else I got here. Drop that down here. Got another awesome. logo tee. Oh wow. Big logo. Um, drop that down here. Um, <laughs> and I got this hoodie with a nice embroidered patch here, right here. Nice little indigo blue hoodie from the Strickland. So, you know, make sure y'all cop that merch, man. We got some great stuff. This hoodie is very comfortable. Very, all the hoodies are very comfortable. Jeff is also wearing a Strickland hoodie as well. The Mellow 3 to the Dome hoodie. Do you like Mellow 3 to the Dome? I'm also wearing a hat. Oh, there we go. We got a whole bunch of Strickland merch. So, you know, cop it up. We got link in the description. It's all that Strickland merch. So definitely get yours. 
Um, we're heading to some some nice spring weather soon, so you know, get yourself some nice hoodie for the springtime. Um, and there's the you know promo for the new Strickland merch, and I'm sure some new stuff will be dropping very soon. Um, Nick's tape says, tough game, but kind of expected without Brunson. The Celtics game was an anomaly win without him, but I have no doubt we'll write the ship with him. Um, definitely. Yeah. 100%. Um, again, I said it earlier, so I'll be brief here. I actually think this game was encouraging, you know, like, and I, I guess I tend to be an optimist because I get a lot of criticism for being too optimistic, but five for 24 from Randall thought the defense looked good. Um, bring back Brunson. The offense will look better. There'll be less pressure on Randall. Somebody's got to do a case study on Julius Randall, man, because I just, I genuinely like watching. I feel like he's taking most of the same shots he takes with Brunson, but look, if they're going to keep not going in ever, maybe there is something to like mentally. He just feels more comfortable with, you know, a, a co-star he trusts more. I don't know. Um, maybe I'm too robotic with that stuff. And I, I don't, I, I feel like to that, to that point though, there was a stretch during the Houston, not the, the Texas trip where, you know, he looked fine. Like, even if, I don't even remember if he had a bad shooting night, but like he didn't have like these type of like mental collapses like he did tonight where like, you know, he's like so pissed. And I think maybe it has to do with like the bad shooting, the whistle, all those things compounding on itself, maybe. But during that Texas road trip, when Brunson was out, he just didn't have these moments. So it's just very, he's a very odd person. Yeah, it's a, yeah, you just you just hope he gets right again because I don't know. You don't. <laughs> we don't want to start having those conversations again. Like, oh, like what is the, what is the ceiling with Julius Randall as? And you know, it's like, please, please save us from those conversations, Julius. Um, yeah, just hate having that. I just hate having them. And like, this team was so much fun when everything was going right, you know. And like, I don't know. But like that goes I, I back to that. That goes back to that theory though about like Julius Randall. Like, is he able to handle things when? they turn to shit because like during the win streak you know and during this like recent stretch since like december where we're like 28 and 16 or whatever it is since the rotation change you know everything's all good vibes all that good stuff but like we get into this rut now can you handle yourself in a way where you don't look like a freaking asshole on the court and like it's just it it goes back to that theory of like you know can he handle things when they really go to shit? Yeah, I mean, of course the jury's still out. Um, Tyrese, I stop do- ducking. <laughs> Wherever you are, Tyrese, missed two bad Randall games in a row. We're on to you, man. <laughs> maybe I mean, which is it though? Like, is it may, maybe he's only maybe he's only playing bad because. Tyrese decided before the game that he's not gonna be on the post game. So it could just be Tyrese's fault. He's got to get back here. That doesn't explain the Hornets game. Tyrese is there for that. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, I I would just rather talk about the basketball part of it because we'll just never know mentally what it is, Mm -hmm, you know, like, um, I, I do. So first of all, his whole, like, 
whatever you want to call it. If you want to call it slow processing, if you want to call it, I don't even know what else to call it because it's clearly just, he's just not as quick a processor. He had a layup today. He had a layup under the basket created by Josh Hart, but he's so needs to like look around and assess the situation that he couldn't just go up with the ball under the basket wide open. He always is looking to like hesitate pump fake. And it's like, that shit drives me more insane than anything. Like he had multiple catch and shoot threes. He, he passed on so that he could jab step and he made the three tougher. It's just like, sometimes he just, we just really are hurt by how, how long it takes him to act. Um, and that's all well and good when he's hitting shots, but it's amplified. The negative aspect of it is amplified when he's not hitting shots. And when we talk about, you know, the Knicks, not their best players, but their best processors, we talk about guys who are almost always positives in spite of their shooting because there's always going to be shooting variants. And you just have to be able to control what you can control. And I think what we're seeing now is how often Julius Randle's impact is determined by the variance of shooting because when he isn't getting shots to fall, the other negative aspects of his game just get amplified. Um, And tonight was that night, you know, like he was not good on defense. He just wasn't. And whether it's he lets the bad shooting, you know, affect him on that end, you never know. But like he just, he got beat on some back cuts that were awful and, it's just not a good game from him. Um, and you wonder if he needs to just take a rest. Like, should he, let's you know, like it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I just don't, I don't understand. Like you saw the Celtics game the night after we played that double overtime versus them. They said everybody, they said everybody. And like, so yeah, we won the Boston game, but did we who is in war? better shape right now? Who, who, right. Who is in better shape right now going forward? You know, and I know some of that isn't on Tibbs' fault. I know that some of that isn't Tibbs' fault, like Jalen Brunson getting hurt. I don't know. Isn't that Tibbs' fault? Should Jalen Brunson have played the first 12 minutes and 19 of the first 24 minutes coming off of a foot injury? Who knows? Um, I don't know. It's just, it just doesn't feel like we're peaking at the right time. And that's what, that's what teams who have playoff success do. Uh, and I don't yeah. know how, I don't know how you peak at the right time on a Tibbs team because he just treats every minute of every game as a playoff game. Yeah, it's it's very it it very much seemed like we were peaking at the right time and then, you know, this happens. Um so yeah, it's very interesting. There was a quote here from Ty Lu about like defending Randall. Um he said Marcus being physical with him early kind of got him frustrated. <laughs> Our shrinks defensively. We didn't leave him on an island, digging in and out, cat and mouse. Guy like Randall, you got to mix up coverages and keep him off balance. Did you put this comment up? I'm sorry. I... No, this is a quote from Ty Lu. Oh, oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, this is a comment, huh? Yeah. Um, I've got to be honest. I, I, uh, I only heard the back half of that quote. I just zoned out for a second. I apologize to our listeners. Can you read the quote again? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Marcus being physical with him early kind of got him frustrated. Our shrinks defensively. We didn't leave him on an island. Digging in and out, cat and mouse. Guy like Randall, you got to mix up coverages, keep him off balance. Yes. Great analysis by Tyler. Um, Especially the digging in and out. Because when you do that, you have to be able to make split second reads. And when the Clippers are throwing doubles from all sorts of different angles and you can't expect where the double is going to come from, that just does not correlate well with, you know, peak Julius Randle uh, performance. Because as we've seen, he likes to, you know, operate, read everything in front of him. Um, they made it really difficult on him. And yeah, I I thought they did a great job defensively. And I don't think the Knicks did a good enough job of reacting to what uh, Randall was clearly struggling with. Yeah, and you guys think that's what Jalen Brunson helps with a bunch because, you know, the way they're able to defend Julius tonight, you figure with someone like JB out there, they're not able to do the same stuff that they want to do, especially since Randall and Brunson play a huge ton of their minutes together too. Yeah. Um, do you think Tibbs will keep doing that in the playoffs? Like, do you think do you think it's going to be Brunson and Randall playing – entire first and third quarters together and it's going to be quickly and RJ leading the bench unit to start the second and fourth, or do you think he'll change it up? I think he keeps it the same until he notices, like if it's not really working that well. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause okay. we know we did see in the playoffs that he did change things when they weren't working, such as, you know, he started Taj, he started Taj and then he got rid of Alfred completely. Um, so, you know, stuff like that. He does make some changes um, at the very last minute, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that uh, the Elford thing, I just I hate it so much. You know, I just, it gives me, honestly, it gives me fucking hives. Like, it just spent the whole season, we spent the whole season, like, it was just so obvious how bad he was. And I don't understand how you wait until game two of the playoffs to do something about it. They just weren't, they weren't at all prepared to make a change like that at all. Um, Wow. That was Han on the call tonight. Why did I think that was Wally? That's crazy. It was Han and Cohen. Ed Cohen, the radio guy. So Hawkeye420 says, Knicks are 0-2 this year when Han commentates. He should take a victory lap for that on Twitter instead of writing tips. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Oh, man. Han, yeah. I I wasn't listening to the call tonight. I was listening to music once I saw that it was Han and Cohen because, like, what the hell is this? From from the moment, from when I can see the broadcasting duo, I can already tell if this is going to be a Knicks loss or a win. And I knew already. (laughs) That when I saw Han and Cohen, no offense to either of them. All, I'm sure all right, Sam Nostradamus over there. I already, I, I knew from the jump, I was like, all right, the vibes are off for this one. We're going to lose this one. Like It's a Sunday Sunday afternoon game at four with not Wally and, 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 I mean, not Wally, not, not, um, Clyde and, and Breen. Like, come on. Like, we haven't heard, we haven't heard Clyde, uh, Breen in all, in a minute. When when, when was the last time? I think the Hornets call... game we got them. No, he didn't call the Hornets game. I don't think he didn't. I don't think so. I think they did. Really? I think so. Okay. 
What was I don't the... remember though. The last couple of days have been a blur for me. Yeah. Um and then and then they played Sacramento on TNT. And yeah. the Sunday night game was Boston on ESPN. So either they even if they did call the Hornets game, that's still only once in the last, you know, week. It's just they did call the Hornets game, I remember. I remember hearing their voices just because like the crowd was so dead. So like I remember distinctly like they were calling it. But yeah, that game was so weird too. Yeah, um, that game was It was just the ener- the energy was was not there at all from anyone. And like I don't know. It felt when we went into halftime up 6650 it felt like we were getting away with one, you know, like it was like, okay, like they, they took the, they, they came out of the gate really slow, but the Hornets didn't capitalize. And then, okay, the bench came in and, and RJ led the bench unit. And that was really great. And it's like, I don't know. You kind of just wanted the Hornets to just slink away and they just refused to. Yeah. Oh boy. I mean, if we win that game, I wonder mm-hmm. how much that changes things for the Kings game as well as today. Oh, I think it. I think even if you don't change the Kings game or tonight's game, you know, it makes these two losses more bearable. Like that's why winning the games you're supposed to is so important. Um, and that Hornets game had, had trap game written all over it, and the Knicks fell for it. Oh my gosh! It's really surprising that a Tom Thibodeau team is so swingy. You know, like how many streaks have we been on this season? You know, like three straight or whatever. It's just. It's kind of wild. Um, they're just, it's either they're winning a bunch of games in a row or losing it. It's, it's very weird. There's no in between. Yeah. Um, let's see. Christopher Vieira says, I've wanted Thomas fired from time for a variety of reasons, but his unwillingness to rest IQ is near the top for me right now. This is not sustainable. Yeah, I mean, he's giving, he's kind of giving IQ. I mean, I wouldn't say he's giving him the Brunson treatment because I don't remember Brunson ever playing like straight halves um, like IQ does, mainly because IQ is usually the backup in those situations and like he doesn't have to worry about like playing deuce mcbride or anything um but yeah he he's basically giving him he's this he, is basically giving him the brunson role without having a backup point guard that he trusts so like if the knicks had jalen brunson but didn't have emmanuel quickly we'd probably see jalen brunson finishing a ton of games playing almost all the second half i gotta be honest though i don't think he would ride i don't think he would play brunson I just, I feel like there's something about Quickly's energy that he, that, I don't know, like, Quickly wasn't even sweating after that Boston game. It was fucking weird, man. Like, he just, I just think, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not saying he thinks Quickly's better than Brunson. I just think from a pure, like, giving him crazy minute totals. I don't know. What, what did, what did, uh, the one game Quickly missed the season? Was Brunson healthy for that game or was Brunson out for that game too? Let me see. It was against the Raptors, I believe. I think it was against the Raptors. I've got it up now. Um, Yeah, it was against the Raptors. We lost by nine. Surprise, surprise. In Toronto. 
and Brunson played 37 minutes. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, so what, who, who did Fournier play or something in that game? No, Ju- uh, Juice and Fournier played. Who else was out? That's weird. Interesting. We had a, a nine man rotation. Oh, because we didn't have Josh Hart, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it was a nine man yeah. rotation, same starting lineup, but Sims instead of Mitch. And uh, RJ played 41 minutes. So we wrote RJ a little bit. Um, yeah, Fournier played 21 minutes. Deuce played 10. And yeah, I mean, that's only a one game sample, but it just, I feel like Brunson already plays so many minutes that if quickly was out, he would just get his normal rotation, you know? Because I think it's just easier for Tibbs to be like, okay, Brunson, you're playing the whole first like you always do. All right, I'll give you three to four minutes off like I usually do anyways, you know? And Deuce can handle that three to five, three to five minute stretch, and then I'll put you back in, you'll finish the half. And Brunson will just get his normal 37 minutes. Um, so, yeah. JL says Randall mad at the laptop guy again like last year. Told him don't ever put your fucking hands on me in the huddle after his end of quarter implosion. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention to the thing because I was just like, oh man, here we go. Another Julius Randall meltdown. Um, but I did notice that um Johnny Bryant was talking to to him, trying to calm him down. Him and Johnny Bryant seem to have this this closeness that, you know, um has been talked about quite a few times on the broadcast. So, um, I gotta be honest. If, if Julius Randall, like said, don't put your fucking hands on me again. Like looked at me and said that <laughs> I wouldn't put my hands on him ever again. You know, I'm getting the fuck out of there. I'm like, all right, man, you got it. You got it. Um, <laughs> I would honestly, I might, I might just take another job, you know, like I would <laughs> I just feel like shit, man. I don't want to be on your bad side at all. Um, that's, he really has it in for the laptop guy, though. Like, yeah, man, poor guy, man. Three is in a row. That's just, I, I, you heard a lot of bad stuff at the end of the last season. Like, remember the, remember the tweets and the videos. I forget who it was. Somebody tweeted a video from like the second row in one of the games last season where Tibbs was like drawing up a play in the huddle during a timeout and Randall just refused to even be a part of the huddle. Like when things go bad for him, they go bad. It's just, I don't know. Gotta, it's just another reason it's good to have Jalen Brunson. Cause like I said earlier, he is so such a stabilizing presence. Yeah. That's like main reason why, you know, I'm hoping that he can like fix this. Cause like this Lakers game tomorrow can be very frustrating. Like I could see it being very frustrating for him again. So yeah, um, I'm gonna need other teams to stop hitting ridiculous shots against us too, though. Like we came out of halftime up two. Randall gets two wide open threes, misses both, and then Kawhi gets some like okie doke and one. And it's like all right, man. And then like Kawhi's hitting these contested mid range shots and. Kawhi's an amazing player. Obviously not taking anything away from him, but like, fuck, man. Like, you know you're at the mercy of shot luck. Like, that's a lot of what today's game is. But when you're on the negative side of it, it just stands out as more frustrating, you know? It's like, it feels like there's so many shots that we miss that shouldn't be missed, and then it feels like there's so many shots that the other team makes that, I don't know. Yeah. 
All right, let's see what other comments we got here. Um, what William says that we have a hard schedule ahead. Um, is our schedule hard? I don't think it is. Um, we've got uh Portland and then Denver at home, or we've got the Lakers and then Portland, and then we're back home against Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure who we have after that. Um, I just pulled this after Denver. Up. We have the Wolves, then the Heat, then the Magic, then the Rockets. Um, then we have the Heat again. Then we have the Cavs, the Wizards, Pacers, Pelicans, and Pacers once more. I mean, I. I... I feel like, I mean, how many how many wins do you think, not need, but like how many wins would you like to see when we come back home on March 27th? So we've got six games. We've got at L.A., at Portland, versus Denver, versus Minnesota, at Miami, at Orlando. Like I feel like you have to get two of those, and th- we, I would sign for three and three right now. Do you, do you think that's too low, or what do you think? Um, I'd like to get the Portland game for mm-hmm. – obvious reasons <laughs> <laughs> um i'd like to get the nuggets game sweeping the nuggets season series would be glorious um i don't think we've ever done that in like my life maybe um would like to beat the timberwolves i wouldn't be mad at a loss to the timberwolves but like like i'd like to beat them just because like the nets beat them so like we have to beat them now mm-hmm. um gotta beat the heat in miami again we have to just to secure the season series win because like things are getting a little bit tight now in the standings with you know us losing these games now Mm -hmm. um and then the magic yeah i think i mean i think all these games we can win it's just a matter of like the team will they win like (laughs) It's tough. Yeah, that's why. I mean, because I think they. Can, I mean, clearly they lost the fucking Hornets at home, so they can, they can win them. all these games, but they can they can lose them too. Um, I don't know. Maybe three and three is selling them short. Like, obviously they can go four and two or better, but I just feel like sometimes when you're in these streaks where you're losing, it just feels like you can't. Like winning just feels so hard, you know. So right now, I would just take. I would just take a W. I would just take a, a win, a couple wins in those games. Yeah, I mean the Heat game is obviously probably the most important game there, just because mm-hmm. of like playoff play and imp- implications and like season series and stuff. Like we played the Heat twice, um, before the end of March, so these games are very important. Yeah. Again, I would, I would, I would absolutely sign for a split in those two games right now, just because it's home and home, you know, and they're they're. Depending on what the line is in that that at Miami game, like I could see myself betting Miami. Obviously, I'd always be rooting for the Knicks, but just like I don't know, it just feels like they're going to be up for that game. You know, at home, like they already lost a game at home to us that had like a playoff atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that just feels like it's going to be really tough. I think I think we're going to have to get them when they come back to New York. Yeah, maybe, possibly, hopefully not though. <laughs> 
Hopefully, we could, if we could, imagine we could sweep the season series of Miami. Man. Man, that would be quite cool. Hmm. Chris Rivera says he's worried Brunson may have plantar fasciitis, like Grimes did early in the year. Um, they did an X-ray today. Um, they said it's just a bruise. So, you know, hopefully it's just something that just needs a little bit more rest. Um, and the Knicks are able to, you know, survive these next two games and hopefully can come back for the Denver game um, after that very long period of rest. And hopefully the whole team at that point is just like well rested, too, because this has been a rough stretch for them. Yeah, um, I would be very surprised if he plays tomorrow. Um, yeah. But I could see him. I could see him playing in Portland, especially if we lose tomorrow. Like, just trying to get one more. And I, I'd be shocked if he didn't play next Saturday. If he's still out next Saturday, we've got something to worry about. Um, and and you know we can we can have that conversation you know next week when we get there. I just I don't. They they're calling it a bruise. Uh, what's Tibbs said today? He said um, that Brunson felt better today than he did yesterday, which is good. Obviously, that's a little vague, but it's good. Um, so yeah, let's let's cross that bridge when we get there. Um, yep, definitely. Let's see what other comments we got. Jordan Bob says, "Drop a like and subscribe to the channel. Help our guys to one K. Definitely do that." Um. All right, Jordan Bob also asked, are we more worried about Randall or Brunson if Brunson is out until Miami at MSG? How many games do we win? That's a long-ass time. If he's out that time, you might as well just, like, rest him to the playoffs. Yeah. That's, like, what? How many games? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, at that point, you just rest him to the playoffs, honestly, and just try to, like I think I think we would still go three and four over that stretch, at least three and four over that stretch without Brunson. Yeah, I think Rockets and, and I, Magic and game I think we could, win. And the Timbles Houston game, game. win. Yeah, Rockets Magic Timberwolves. I think we win. Um, and, and like, like we beat Boston in Boston without Brunson. This is a good team. Like let's. Let's stop getting, you know, super carried away with the, this is a good team and it was performing like a great team with Brunson healthy. So I, I don't think it's too crazy to say that they could go three and four or four and three over that stretch without Brunson. But again, he's if he's out that long. We have bigger issues. And to JL's point, what's crazy is Denver and Cleveland are the only teams left on our schedule with a better record than us currently. Wow. That is really cool. So, you know. Good comment, Jail. Yeah. Um, you know, Knicks are good, especially when Jalen Brunson's out there. Um, especially in this weird NBA season where like teams in the East are better than the West. Um, like if you put the Knicks in the e- if you put the Knicks in the West with their record right now, what are they like second in the West or something at this point? Or at least close to that. <laughs> So um, it was second. I think after losing to the Kings, it's worse now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause we're 39 and 30 now and the Kings are 39 and 26. So we would be, 
on that third to fourth spot, maybe. Yeah, no, we'd be fourth or fifth. Fourth. I, I don't know how it would work with the Suns. Um, I think we'd be half a game up on the Suns. Yeah, so we'd be the fourth seed. Not too bad. Yeah. Not too bad for Eastern Conference team. Um. All right. I think we'll end here. I don't think there's much else to talk about. You know, Knicks lose. Yeah, I mean, we've, we're, we're getting to that point in the season. It's not just because the Knicks lose. But we're getting to that like, point of the season when, like, yeah, Julius Randle was 5-24 and Knicks didn't hit shots and Jalen Brunson didn't play. Like, how many different angles can you talk about a game like that? You know, like, it's just, all right, on to the next one. Hopefully Julius Randle plays better. Yeah, pretty much. And hopefully RJ plays better. Yeah. And how, uh, how, many, how many straight games can Josh Hart do what he's doing? He's just always everywhere. It's wild. Like I, I'm, I almost like I'm waiting for him to just have a game where I'm like, okay, he doesn't need to be out there. But he just, it, they, they just don't happen. Yeah, that game against the Kings, the rebounding was. The Kings game is a blur to me for various reasons. Um, as I was like, in between sleeping and waking up various times. Um, after doing parent-teacher conferences. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just seeing him go after all those rebounds was absolutely insane in that game. So, you know, hopefully he continues to keep up that activity. Yeah, he just, I mean, we talked about it earlier on the show, but he just has a knack for doing what the Knicks need. Um, he's like a Swiss Army knife, you know? And in that game, they couldn't hit the fucking ocean with a ball. They needed offensive rebounds and they needed pace. And, like, he... He had two more offensive rebounds than the entire Kings team. That's crazy. That's insane. And yeah, and he was getting them out in transition. Um, just a really good basketball player. Um, but he's also not a perfect basketball player. And it's okay to be aware of that because like we talked about at the beginning of the show, if you think RJ is giving you something that nobody else in the team can give, which on some nights he does, um, especially on nights when Randall's struggling and Jalen Brunson's hurt, you're going to want RJ out there because you need some form of initiating. It can't just be Emmanuel quickly. So it was good to have RJ out there, but it can't be RJ and Hart. It just, it just can't be that. So you have to, you can't say, oh, well, I like the rebounding Josh Hart gives me and I like his size on defense. You have to think about the totality. Um, and there is a negative impact when Josh Hart shares the floor with RJ Barrett um at the two and the three specifically because it's just not enough shooting yeah yep um and you know hopefully things can get back to normal in nick's land as people can see under my name i asked what's been happening in nick's land um because nick's have been losing so Hopefully get back to some winning. Hopefully get back to some positivity because, I mean, we hit the highest of absolute highs after the Boston game. So let's get back to that. Hopefully Knicks win versus the Lakers tomorrow. We will be back tomorrow for that game. Um, Hopefully Knicks don't completely ruin my weekend as they have already started to. Um, But, yeah, we'll be back for that game. Shout out to everyone that's been tuning in. Shout out to everyone that's been leaving a comment. Um, definitely hit that like and subscribe button. If you are new, we are on our way to 1K subs. So definitely help us out. We have links to everything Strickland related in the description. We got links to the site. We got links to the 
new merch. We got links to the Patreon. We got links to the Twitter. All great ways to support us. We are also on Instagram at the strict.land. Another great way to support us. Another great way to follow along with what we're doing. Another great way to consume Nick Strickland-related content. So definitely check all of that out. We will be back tomorrow. Everyone enjoy the rest of your night. Hopefully you're enjoying some college basketball, perhaps. Um, Peace out. Yeah. <laughs>